Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Matthew chapter 7, today we're going to talk this morning about choosing the right way. The one thing God did when He made mankind, and He made us obviously, of course, to be in His image and likeness, to be His imager here on the earth. What God is in heaven, we are to be here on the earth as His representatives. He's given us free will, free moral agency. All of the higher created beings of God, including man, have free moral agency, the right to choose. And today I want to talk about choosing the right way. And we'll be looking at the words of Jesus that He gave to His disciples. And that includes you and I today. Are we disciples of the Lord? Somebody say amen. We're following Christ. That's what a Christian is. A Christian's not someone who just says, I believe Jesus died and rose again. A Christian is someone who follows Christ throughout their life. Uh, we, he said, go into all the world and make disciples, not converts, disciples. And uh, that's what we attempt to do here is disciple in follow Christ. As I follow Him, uh, and you follow the teachings that I give you from Him, we, we, we together walk with the Lord in this life to become ultimately like Him one day. But you know, the final part of Matthew 7, it gives us some additional exhortations which supplement and strengthen the teachings Jesus has already given in the Sermon on the Mount. He warns us in this chapter against judging others, or really that is against passing unfavorable judgment on them, criticizing people or finding fault with them. We're not to do that as believers. Somebody say amen. amen. But at the same time, we're to not try to force the holy and beautiful spiritual things of God that He's given to us on rebellious sinners either. Don't cast your pearl before the swine. Then he gives us further instructions and encouragement to keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. And he tells us ultimately to choose the right way. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here in the house of the Lord today. Lord, I stand behind this pulpit totally inadequate to share Your Word to Your people. I need the anointing of Your Spirit to communicate the life that Your Word is to Your people in a way that's pleasing to You. Lord, speak to us today. Speak to each one of our lives. Plant Your Word in us. Water the Word that's already there. And Lord, ultimately bear the fruit that You so desire in each one of us today. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said. Amen. Choosing the right way. I want to look and examine three areas out of our text this morning in choosing the right way. The first one is choose the way of life. Life. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, we have these words by Jesus. He says, Enter ye in at the straight or narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, or narrow, is the way which leads to life. And there be few that find it. 
So really we're looking at there's only two roads in life. The wide road that leads to destruction and the narrow road which leads to life. And He's telling us in this text that we need to choose the narrow road if we're going to make it into the kingdom. We need to choose the narrow road. You know, one thing about God, He doesn't force Himself or His will upon anyone. He gives us that free moral agency, the choice to serve Him. I know we're chosen by God. We can get into all type of deep theological discussions between Calvinism and Arminianism and predestination and all of that. But, but basically, we still have a choice. We have the freedom as human beings to either reject Him in our life, to do our own thing, and really doing our own thing, going our own way, is really rejecting God's way. We're told in the Gospels very clearly to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, our death, and follow Him. We're to die and do what we want to our lives and live for Him. If a man loses his life, in other words, you die to yourself, you'll find it. If you keep your life without losing it for God, you'll, you'll lose it eventually. doesn't make sense to the natural man. He cannot comprehend that. But if I choose my own path in life, I end up in destruction. If I choose God's narrow path, the way of life, I end up in eternal glory with God. You know, really there's no choice if you want to know the truth for a believer. I mean, why, why, why? What, what, what option? I want the narrow road. How about you? Amen. He tells us we have to enter in that gate. You know, I think in my mind, how many have ever been to a, a ball game at a stadium? You know, and, and you go, you buy your ticket... And it, it, there's a lot of places, it, I'm, I'm just using that as an example, that have the same... You ever seen the little bar, and, and it's about this wide, and there's a little bar, and you go through it, it moves forward, and it, one comes up behind it. And you know, only one person can go through that gate at one time. I mean, unless you're really, 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 really skinny. I mean, because it's just one, one at a time. It's narrow. You hand them your ticket, you go through that little it closes. And that's kind of what comes to mind. The, the, nade is, the, the gate is narrow that leads to life. You know, it's sort of like a funnel. It's wide at the top, but when you get down to the opening, it's small. You know, you know the way to heaven, there's only one way. There's only one path. There's only one road to go on, and that's the narrow road. But we're to choose that road if we're going to follow God, if we're going to end up where we need to be. We're going to go, come to an expected end. We have to walk that and be willing to, to pay the price, to count the cost to walk that narrow road. The wide gate... And I'm going to give you a little definition here. Broad is used in the King James here. It says... The spacious, roomy, comfortable way is the broad path. A lot of people want to live their Christian life and have a comfortable life, especially here in America. When we read the story of the apostles in the early church in the book of Acts, did they lead a comfortable life? 
I'll read, just read the epistles of Paul and, and the church was suffering. Look at uh, the seven churches that John wrote about in the last book of the Bible. There was all kind of persecution, difficulties, suffering. And God's word to them was not get off that narrow road, but to stay true until the end. Hold on to the end. You'll be rewarded. You know, today we want a, a cushy gospel. Amen. Oh, now, amen. I remember a time, you know, we we like to choose churches based on uh, what type of seating we have, if they're real comfortable or not, padded, you know, the padded pew, uh, good air conditioning, and heat, you know, all of that. As you get older, there is a good point to that. Hello. But I remember talking to some of the older saints, you know, that, that went to meetings and sat on, you know, sawdust floors and hard benches and they would walk for, for miles just to, just to get to a service to hear the Word of God. You know, comfort wasn't what was first and foremost on their mind. Hearing and meeting from God was the whole reason for being in church. Should we be in church today for that same reason? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to hear from God. I want to hear His Word. I want to know what I need to do to change even more, to be more like Him. I want to contribute, to participate, to be a part of the kingdom. I don't want to be a spectator sitting in a padded pew in a big amphitheater hearing something that I want them to say. I want to hear what God's Word is to me. Even if it makes me uncomfortable. Oh, come on now. You know, at one point when I was a young man, I was going into church. I, I, I was, I was waiting to hear something come. I knew they were going to step on my toes. Come, come on, preacher, give it to me. That's it, Thank you, Lord. Because I want to be more like Jesus. Amen. Sometimes we say, "Well, I want to go to church and hear somebody who has the same opinions I do, or, or, or make me feel good about myself, or tell me how I'm going to be blessed." We hear that blessing all the time, knowing that word, the B word. Bless me. Bless me, Lord. Well, if you live for God and you get on the straight and narrow and you and you lay down your life for Him, you're going to be blessed. That's true blessing. Amen. Somebody said, no, blessing's having two cars in the garage, a big giant house, and big, a lot of money in the bank. Is that blessing? Not in a biblical sense. There's nothing wrong with those things. If we have them, but if they have us, well, he's meddling now. Better move on, preacher. Come on. Go to the next verse. Hurry up. we got to choose, number one, the right way. Secondly, we need to beware of deceivers. Now, as we move along in this, Jesus is not changing, and it won't change in my sermon today, the fact that we need to go through the straight and narrow gate. Okay? That's His focus. We think somehow he just changes random subjects and gets off onto another sub. No, he's not doing that. He's still talking about us going through the narrow gate. In the very next verse of chapter 7, verse 15, he says this, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do, do men gather grapes of thorns and figs of thistles? Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Now he says 
to his followers on that narrow road that is leading to life to beware of false prophets. You know, we're on a road, church, that's called life. We must navigate through this life to get to our destination, which is the other side, the kingdom of God. Whether it's through rapture or through death, we're looking for God. We're looking for that kingdom that's to come, that we're a part of, that we're called to be a part of. Uh, we're trying to make it through to the end, so to speak, to persevere, to navigate that road, that narrow road, until the Lord says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That's what all of us it, as Christians is our goal ultimately is to please the Lord and to one day be with Him. And of course we are on that narrow road choosing to go that way. We can choose the broad path and again we'll end up in a bad way. But if we're on that road, what He's saying is there's going to come things to try to get you off of that path. Remember, he didn't change the subject when he started talking about false prophets. No, 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 no. And I'm going to use an illustration here. And I thought about it several times, and I said, oh, you know, that's a pretty lame illustration. But for me, it, it works. So I'll, I'll just throw it out there. How many are familiar with the movie? I know if you're over 50, you know for sure. How many have watched the movie The Wizard of Oz? Okay. So you're familiar. You know, the basic premise of the story is a girl, Dorothy, who lives in Kansas. Kansas typically has weather uh, with uh, tornadoes and things of that nature. It's known for that, has always been. And the basics of the story is the, the little girl's house is caught in this tornado. And toward the end, we find that she bumps her head and she dreams of this place called Oz and this wizard that will help her get back home. That's the basis of the story. But I find even in that, and it's such a familiar story, because I, I remember watching it kind of annually as a child growing up, we'd watch The Wizard of Oz. Starts off in black and white, she bumps her head, and the, and the house goes up, and then the movie's in color, until back at the end it goes back to black and white. <clears throat> I thought that's kind of neat how they did that. But she's on her road and told by the, the good witch that you have to follow the yellow brick road if you're going to find the wizard who will help you get back to Kansas. And, and, but you got to follow that, that yellow brick road. And, and there were all type of obstacles to come to try to get her off that road. And she met all kind of characters on the way. You know, the scarecrow and the tin man and the lion. And they all had a lack of something in their life. So they wanted to go with her to see the wizard. And as they skipped along, here come the wicked witch of the West. Wow! <laughs> I remember as a child, they used to kind of scare me. You know, I was like, oh. We look at it now, we kind of laugh. You know, the special effects in those days weren't what they are today, but still effective, very effective. She would fly in on her broomstick. Ah, my little pretty. 
I'm going to. And she had the little flying monkeys. You remember that? As the closer they got to the land of Oz, that where the wizard was, the more opposition they faced. Say, Pastor Jerry, you've lost your mind today. You have deviated from... Well, what I'm trying to say is we're walking with God. We're going to have characters come along, false prophets, to try to draw you off that narrow road. Get you sidetracked from your goal. You're going to have attacks that come to try to lure you away from that, 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 that path that leads to life. That narrow road. And, and, and really that's what Jesus is saying. Do we live in a world where there are false prophets? Just turn on the television, man. And, and as, you know, as a pastor, it really it disturbs me a lot about how, how, how many people follow and actually give credence to these men. Of course, if they were uh, totally ignored or left alone, then they would go away. People send them millions and millions of dollars while they proliferate. And the lie is that you can have a cheap form of grace. Basically, live any way you want as long as you, you put your money in the plate. You said a quick prayer. You can just go ahead and live any way you like. You're going to go to heaven. You hear no messages. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. You may have to suffer for Christ. Oh, that's left out conveniently, you know, from that those type of messages. But and the scripture clearly says they're like inside ravening wolves. They're preying on God's people by extracting money out of their wallet, and they enrich themselves. He said, "By their fruits you will know them." Yeah. You know, you look at a guy and he's. He's got three or four big mansions all over the world. And there's several evangelists that, that, that I could make, name, and, and it's true. They have airplane hangers with dozens of airplanes. Uh, all because they, they need that. Got to have, you know. And, and yet, he said, avoid that. They'll be there. They'll be coming for you to try to draw you away. But we know them by their fruits. Ultimately, the fruit of a man's life and the fruit of a minister is what not are they just saying, but are they living? I know i got to hide my Rolls Royce behind me. But how, we're told to beware to recognize them. How do we recognize false prophets? That, that the teaching is wrong or false? By knowing the Word. By knowing the Word. You know, I invite everyone to examine what I say against, the, against this book. As a matter of fact, you should. He said, you'll know them by their fruits. Now notice here, this kind of touches on the Pentecostal realm. It really, it really does. And it's a, an issue that has for many, many years disturbed me greatly. And look at verse 21. He says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. And look what he goes on to say, But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. In other words, we need to, we need to live for God to live right. 
That's what pleases God. That's the main criteria to get to heaven. Not not because you say, Oh, hallelujah! Oh, Lord God! Oh, Lord, Lord! Now, here's what part really, really hit me hard. He says, look, many will say to me, verse 22, in that day. What day is he talking about? The day of judgment. He said, many will say to me, not just a few, many. That's that broad road, that not the narrow one that few find, but rather the broad one. He said, many will say, have we not prophesied in your name? And have we not done or cast out demons in thy name and done many wonderful works or miracles in your name? He said, I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. See, in the Pentecostal realm, and I had a pastor one time told me, and he wasn't trying to be uh, facetious or anything, he just said, well, I can tell when a man's anointed, when those signs and miracles and prophecies come from a man like that, he's got the anointing of God. That must be the Lord. And, uh, of course, red flags go all up in me. I'm like, whoa. Brother one time, well, I went to a Benny Hinn service and he just waved his hand and 40 people fell over. He didn't even touch him. Does that mean that's God? Now, according to this text, many have done. See, there are, and you and I need to be completely aware of this, there are, there is the physical world that we live in, the tangible world that, that is, that's flesh and blood, that's earth and dirt, it's solid. And then there's the spiritual world that's around us that you and I cannot touch or see. Now, we know that God is a spirit, and from that spiritual world, He created the natural world, according to the Scripture. So it's, it's very real. It's more real than this physical world, which is subject to decay. The spiritual world, the being God from it, created the natural world. And there are spiritual entities that are against God, fallen angels particularly, and demon spirits, as well as Lucifer, who oppose God. And they can do supernatural signs and wonders. They can empower men on the earth to do supernatural signs and wonders. And what is the action of that is to deceive people. What did Jesus said? Be not deceived by these false prophets. He said, well, you're a Pentecostal preacher. You're preaching that. You better believe I am. I believe in this book. I believe in the Word of God. I don't, I don't go by experience. What's happened in Pentecost is we have moved from a biblical doctrinal base to one of experience. Come and experience God. Come and feel God. Well, friend, you can, you can feel that Satan can imitate God. I mean, look at Moses when he, he was told by God to, to go to, before Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. He said, just take that staff in your hand, Moses. Throw it on the ground. What did Moses do? He went in, he threw it on the ground in front of Pharaoh. What happened to the staff? Turned into a serpent, a snake. But what did the magicians do? They did the same thing. They duplicated the miracles of God. Of course, God, ultimately, His was greater. Thank you, man. And his power was greater. 
But what I want you to see, they had supernatural power. You know, if I wave my hand and 50 people fall over, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm in the anointing of God. That could be demonic to draw people away from God. What's the message of the man? Yeah, we need to beware of false prophets and go by the book. You know, I was, it was just a few years ago, people were following a man named Todd Bentley in Florida. And supposedly an angel would show up over there meetings in the congregation and, and this is an assembly of God church ladies and gentlemen sprinkled gold dust over the head where people were supposedly getting gold fillings in their teeth of course they found him to be a fraud which I should have known that to begin with there's no biblical precedent for that but people have become to be, they've become biblically ignorant dumbed down is a, is a modern term and they're gullible Jesus said beware of deceivers because they're trying to get you off that narrow road. They're trying to destroy you. That's the enemy of your soul. What he's saying is there's a path that we need to follow. We need to choose the right way, but we need to be aware of things. And he said, look, miracles are not enough. You need to examine the fruit of any and all ministry or those who claim to be prophets or my servants. You need to examine. Thirdly, we need we need to obey Christ's word. Can I get an amen? Amen. Verse 24, he says, Therefore, and this is a wonderful passage of Scripture. He's still talking about the narrow road, which is really the narrow road that we're to walk on for all intents and purposes is your life. It's my life. My life was. Do you remember when you came to faith in Christ? Do you remember when you became a Christian? That's when you were put on that road. Now, here's the deal: the road is not just for that moment in time. You need to to walk your whole life on that road. Now, I've gotten off the road. Have you? I know I've gotten off the path. I've, I've disobeyed God. I've sinned, but I, I get back on the road. Thank God for His mercy. Amen. But ultimately our life will be judged from the, from the beginning to the end of whether we were trying to get to the end through that narrow gate. You see? And that's really what he's talking about here. I mean, we're, our life is the journey. It's the road. Paul, he could say at the end of his Christian experience, I've run the race. I've finished my course. And now there's a crown laid up for me that no man can take away. You and I are no different. Each one individual. You have to go through that gate alone. You have to run the course yourself. No one can do it for you. You are on that path. You're either walking the narrow, the straight and narrow, or you're on the wide path. And there will be things that will come up to get us, try to get us off that path. Now here's the key. Here's the key to stay on that path. To be on that path. It's found in the same. Again, he hasn't changed the subject. We're only a few verses down from where we began. He says in verse 24, Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, Jesus says this, I will liken him to a wise man which he built his house upon a rock. There's only two kind of men, what we call this is mankind, 
Two kind of men, those who build houses on rock and those who build their spiritual house on sand. Okay? Rock and sand. Wise and foolish. The building material which we live our life is our lifestyle and our obedience to God is how we're building. He uses it, the, the uh, adage of building a home. Look what he says here. The wise man built his house on the rock. Now, verse 25 is key. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and the house that was founded on the rock did not fall. It did not fall. For it was founded upon the rock. And everyone that hears my sayings and does them shall be likened or that does not do them, rather. If you do them, you're like doing your house on a rock. The man who built his house on sand, the rain came, the flood came, the wind blew, and what does the Scripture say? The house fell, and great was the fall. Now what is he telling us as it relates to the narrow road and going into the gate of heaven, the kingdom of God? What is he telling us? He's telling us that we need to determine, this is will, again, choosing the right way. You know, when we build a house in the natural sense, a physical house, you, you pour footers, or you, you have a, a basement as a foundation, and you build up from that. You don't build without putting a foundation down. Because the ground will give way under the weight of the house. Now, what he said is very important. When the rain came, the flood came, the wind blew. How many know that story of, of the uh, huff and puff and blow your house down? See, we have all these, these are wonderful illustrations that give us uh, that Jesus is really saying to us. You say, I'm a, I don't understand. I. I'm living for God. I'm doing the right thing. I go to church. I put money in the plate. I try to help out in Sunday. I try to do, and yet I'm having all these problems. I'm having all these difficulties. Things don't seem to be going well for me. I don't understand. why. If I'm a Christian, how come I have all these problems? The rain comes. The flood comes. And the wind blows against everybody. God, the just and the... It rains on everybody. What does that rain represent? It, the world, the trials, the attacks of the enemy, the spiritual realm, the, the enemy coming against you, the, the fallen nature that's within you, the, the humanity of fallen humanity. It represents the opposition that is against you in life. Now if God before you, who can be against? It doesn't matter. What Jesus is saying very clearly is that we must build our house on His Word, He is the rock, so that when this comes, we'll stand. Now the Word Faith Movement and the Prosperity Movement says you're not going. if you just do this, you're not going to have any opposition. That's a lie. 
You're going to have rain. You're going to have times when you're going to say, God, where are you? God, where have you gone? I, I, I don't understand this. Why is this happening to me? What did you? What did I do to make you mad at me? <laughs> have you ever thought that way? Don't raise your hand. Well, I have. But you're not human if you haven't. What in the world is going on in my life? What is happening? I don't follow. I don't understand. It's just life. It's just life. No one has a an easy road. I remember when we were young and in marriage, my wife would go back and say, look at that. They have this. This couple has that. And they have this nice house. And they have... Well, I, now that they have a nice car, we drive around in an old battle axe. I, I don't understand. And they're not even serving God. We're serving God. Uh, most young people go through that. I said, why don't you just serve God? We're going to just live for God. Man, that's it. Don't worry about what other people have. Or don't have, or what you have or don't have. Just be thankful for what we do. Absolutely. That's all right. That kind of comes as we get older. We then look back and say, Thank God I do have what I, you know. When you're young, though, you tend to be more subject. So now older people can be too. <laughs> Keep it up with the. Yeah, that's it. You know. So young kids today, man, they. They get out on they want a house, I want a new car, I want all this stuff, and you ain't you, you ain't done nothing. I, man, my God, I had to work for twenty years before I could even buy a house. I had to work for uh, I don't know how many years to buy a car. Well, see, we live in a world today that doesn't understand. You know, that's a whole other message. I ain't going down there, road. Help me, Lord. I earned everything that I got. Somebody say amen. Come from the sweat of the brow. Come from hard labor. But a mama would look at that. She said, how come this old place? And I would say, and, I, and you you remember this specifically, and I won't mention family members because we tape in this, but well, how come they always blah, blah, blah? They're not even married today. Their marriage is busted up. Their kids are messed up. Do you hear what I'm saying? I said, we're going to live for God. We're going to serve Him no matter what. And a lot of the people that... Now, I remember as a young professional uh, businessman, owner, I used to envy a few people. And I look back now and I'm like, that was stupid. That was real stupid. Yeah, they had it they had it made for a while, but you know what What? What? what would happen? The rain came, the wind blew, and there's there's crumbling. I've been raining on my whole Christian life. <laughs> Sometimes I'm, I'm just waiting for the sun to shine. Glory to God. I've had everything you can imagine go against me and go wrong. Yeah. Can anybody identify? But I'm in a spiritual war. I'm walking that path. I'm going to get through that gate. And it's all going to be worth it. Yes, It's all going to be worth it. Don't envy other people because they might, might not have gone through any trial yet. Everything looks good. It's where the crucible is when you're in the fire of trial is what makes you who you are. It is. If you give someone everything that they have, if God just gave you everything you wanted, you would be ruined. But if you earn it, 
by obeying Him, you will be blessed. I mean, let that sink in, man. That's good preaching whether you know it or not. That, that, that's... We saw the video this morning about the little kids cursing out the older people. You saw that? And, and again, I apologize for some of that language there, but I want you to see the illustration. You, 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 you must... God doesn't want to just give you everything. He wants you to work <coughs> serve Him. How many like looking at spoiled brats? Huh? You like spoiled brats? Just God, they've been given everything. <laughs> you see, he'd like to go to war with them. Huh? Yeah. Nobody likes to be around spoiled brat. Why they don't appreciate nothing? They've been handed everything. You know, God God doesn't want to spoil His people. He wants us to, to, to walk it out in life the right way. The right way. Why do you learn? You grow. You mature. You become more like the Creator who made you. I've been reading a book this last few weeks. I've been reading a book here lately on... Uh, this is a theological book probably not interest most people, but it talks about how man was made in the image and likeness of God. <clears throat> and the word image in the Hebrew conveys the fact that we're an imager. We're an imager. In other words, what God is, we're to be. God, what God is in His domain, we were made to be like Him here in this domain in the earth. Remember He told Adam to take dominion and have authority and rule over all the... Well, the fall messed that up. It marred that image. And Christ, to the to the believer, the Christian today, who puts faith in Him and is regenerated, born again, He now wants to restore that image. He wants us to be an imager that the world can look at and say, that's how man should be. God wants to restore in us, and ultimately through the resurrection we'll have the complete image back in us as it is supposed to be. But we're on that journey, amen? We're on that path. And to get to that place, we need to choose the right way. That's straight and narrow. Can I get a can I get a witness? Amen. When Jesus ended these sayings, verse twenty eight, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority not as the scribes. He wasn't bringing religion to them or trying to hang a, a religious set of rules and regulations. He was saying, this is how it is, folks, if you want to make it through. This is what you need to do. Take the words that I speak to you, Jesus said, build your life on them. There will be opposition. There will be false prophets. The rain, the wind, and the floods will come. But you'll stand. Stay on that narrow road. You know, we've all had... We all have certain goals we would like to achieve in our lives, correct? Whether or not we reach these goals depends, church, to a great extent, on the choices that we make. Jesus gave us guidelines to follow and showed us that we need to make right choices. Now here are several that you may be able to use as you face 
the choices of life. And as we close, I'm going to give you three. And number one, right choices will not always be the easiest ones to make. The path of least resistance is usually not the way to go. There's often a price to be paid up front, but in return, great dividends come in the end. You know, that's how I've tried to pattern it in, in, in my life. I'm not looking for the, the, the wealth or the glory or the fame or the I want to please God who called me and obey Him. And it's not been easy. Sometimes we have to take a lonely road. Sometimes we take a road that's fraught with difficulty to get to our destination. Making the right choices, not always. There were times in business I could have made choices that would have brought a lot of money into my life and my family. But it would have took me further away from them and from the goals that God had for me. I had to say, no, I'm going to do this instead. Sometimes we make those choices, but God will always help us make the right choice if we lean and trust in Him, put our faith in Him. Amen? Secondly, right choices must be based on God's truth. If we feed misinformation and false teachings into our minds, like many do in these, these false churches, okay, if they, you feed in bad teaching, you're going to make bad decisions. That, uh, no, I know a woman clearly comes to mind that, that was taught, you know, as a Christian, you should never be sick. Have you ever heard teaching like that? And if you're sick, you just confess the Word and you'll be healed. Well, I mean, James chapter 5 said, if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders, they'll pray over and the Lord will heal you. Okay? He didn't say you wouldn't get sick. But there are people who take that from false prophets and and they say, well, just believe God. You are healed, sister. You're healed of cancer or whatever it is. And I'm not saying God can't heal. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't take me wrong. They won't take medicine or go to it, they die. They wonder where, well, what, 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 what happened? Where was my faith? I know people in that movement who have lost their faith in God because it was based on a lie. You can't take medicine. They've got some children out there. You can't get vaccinated for measles. That's of the devil. Kid dies of measles. Is that called wisdom? No. It's called stupidity. Yeah, we need to use wisdom. Now, I mean, the government's going to try to vaccinate young girls 13 years old against sexually transmitted. I think that's a little too far. Hello? Uh, we need to use wisdom. Sometimes there's a line there. You know, if I'm sick, I'm going to pray, certainly. But I'm also going to go to a doctor and use wisdom. Come on now. Right choices. If we feed false information and false teaching into our mind, we're going to make bad decisions. What we believe is important because it serves, again, as a foundation 
for making right choices and also our behavior, what we believe. You behave really what you believe. Thirdly, right choices come as a result of obedience to God's Word. It's usually not what we know, but what we do about what we know that determines the direction of our lives. Putting God's revealed truth into practice on a daily basis is the best way, church, to make right choices. Let's stand this morning. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.